This is Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. Here are your hosts, Zach and Steve. What's up, everybody? Here we are, another week, another, another loss. loss. <laughs> How are you, Zach? <laughs> that was like perfect. That was like in harmony and everything. <laughs> that was that was not planned. You weren't even looking. Like you were staring at the football game what? behind me. Over there. I'm watching. We've got Monday Night Football on in the background, and and. It flashed up Devin Bush, and I was like, wait a minute. He just transferred. No, different Devin Bush. Um, there's so many people. No, dude, it, look, it's another loss, but, I mean, did we expect anything different, especially coming from Alabama? No, I didn't even. Okay, <laughs> so I got to admit something before we start. I, like, watched maybe <laughs> the, 30% of the game. Lay the truth out <laughs> the, there, Steve. The rest of the time, I froze my ass off at scout camp. This How weekend. was that, by the way? How'd cold. it go? Cold. Where was it? Very cold. Lake DeGray. So we get there, and they're like... And basically, they just had the entire, um, like, day use area. And they're like, just set your tents up wherever. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And, like, you can go all the way to the end of that point if you can deal with the wind. I'm like, oh, it won't be so bad. It was bad. It was a bad idea. You smart, weren't we, you? We went all the way to the end of that point. Putting my tent up was um, interesting. It really. I would have loved to see video of that. It, well, our tent's really easy to put up, so it really wasn't that bad. It was just the trying what? to put the rain net over the top. It just kept flying away. You know they make tent truck or truck tents, right? Yeah, we're gonna get one for the Jeep. I think that's what we're talking ah, about. There you so go. We're gonna get one for the Jeep that actually comes off the top. And yeah, and, Katie wants Katie wants one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um, by the way, y'all keep Katie in your prayers. We've she's out for the foreseeable future due to a family emergency. So um, y'all do us a favor and keep her in y'all's prayers. Will, how you doing, buddy? Another week, another loss. I'm kind of speechless that. over there. I mean, it's just, oh. I mean, we, we expected to lose to Alabama. 48 to 7, three interceptions in the first half. Or is it three or two? It was three. It was three. It was three. Turnovers. It was, I think, three, three turnovers. Three turnovers, but but those those turned into 24 points. So, in reality, if you take the, the 24 points away, it was really 24-7. <laughs> I'll be honest. So, okay, so I'm at scout camp, and we're not supposed to, like, have electronics or anything like that out. And That's a lie so, because I saw you tweeting. No, I did. No, I'm saying we weren't supposed to. Like, they told us, they were like, parents, don't have your phones out. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, like, I popped up the – I was just going to listen to it. So I popped it up and was listening to the, the app, and I was like, I think it's only three to nothing. Like, and this is like, you know, I mean, they we had had the ball. They had had the ball. I was like, wow, maybe we're actually doing really good. And, like, and then Chuck comes on, and he's like, Oh well, they've overturned that touchdown, and it's now ten to nothing. I'm like, well, that's still not bad. And so, yeah, that first touchdown by Alabama that they threw went through yeah. a guy's hands, was caught in the back of the end zone, and they thought he was ruled out of bounds. Yeah, they went back, and I was like, no, he's in bounds. Yeah, I'm gonna count. So that's when I started watching, and then and then Starkle threw a, a pick I don't right know. after that, and and I stopped watching after that, and I think the next time I started watching was when we threw the pick six. Oh. So now the good thing about that, I think it was the pick six. Yeah, is that was that was when Traylon Burks nearly ran that dude down. Yeah, and he, well he did and just about a yard and a half. I away. mean, which it wouldn't matter. I mean, it was it was awesome effort. Don't get me wrong. Like that's the effort you want to see. Dude, come guys. out of nowhere. So let me let me, so I've seen some people, and I think this is I think this is people really just overreacting. But I've seen people say that um, that Morris has lost the team. So um, what is what is do you do you guys think that Morris has lost his team? No, not one bit. Um, you know, you wouldn't see guys running down interceptions. You wouldn't see, you know, players continuing to, you know, tackle guys. I mean, the one thing I saw though was they never quit. Even even down. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's lost the team. I just, 
I'd like him to show more emotion on the sideline. Uh, I mean, I think that's been a that, – that some people, like even, you know, uh, Nikki, I, I noticed on uh, on Hogbeat today that I think Nikki Chavanel had, you know, she had her opinion on that as well. And, and I mean, sure, it, it would be great to see a guy doing like Saban was doing on the sideline um, and, and really going after a guy. I do know that, that, that Morris does – he does go off on these guys – in practice, he does lose his temper. He does. I mean, he goes off on them. Um, in in games, I I, I see. I'm, I'm having trouble. I, I can't. No, ag- I mean, from all reports, I'm going to tell you, like it's, it's known have, that Morris does get on these guys. In yeah, practice. but 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 see, I have to disagree with that fact. I don't think he does. Not very hard. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, we can only go back for what we've been. What's been reported and it's been reported True. by several outlets that he does get on the players in practice. So I don't, you know. But my thing is, is it's not his. It's not his style to do that on the field, and that's that's fine. It worked mm, different. Who was it? Was it North Texas last year when the when the uh, guy hit the punt the the the, the punter on a late hit, and he sent him to the locker room, and then later on he was dismissed from the team. Well, that's what, Tulsa. That that was, that was a Tulsa was that game. To- okay, yeah, that and was that Tulsa. was and that was totally different. I mean, and that's that's a, that's just sending a guy to the locker room saying you're done. Like, and I, and I'm fine with that. That is his style. His style is not to really go off on a guy on the sidelines, and I'm. I'm okay with that. Every coach has got a different style. I don't. I don't think that Morris but, chewing somebody out on the sideline is going to change anything. Now, the one thing that I don't like, that I will agree, is when guys make just boneheaded, stupid mistakes. That you just bring them on the sideline, and pat them on the butt. Like, no, let's like, not do. Was that. it last like, week that he did that? Well, it, I, I've yeah, seen, no, it was. Yeah, it was last week. Two weeks ago. Yeah, it was it was the Auburn game. It so was the yeah, Auburn game because we were we were sitting there watching that, and it wasn't him. It was other coaches that were kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, they never panned to see what Morris was doing. Um, I, again, no, Morris was one of them. So, and but I now I have seen Morris walk up to his quarterbacks and have words as they came off. Now it's nothing where, of course, it's not a Pruitt where he's grabbing them by the face mask and that kind of okay, stuff. Okay, no, wait a minute. But wait, wait, wait. That wasn't even a grab. That well, was that was a. Well, uh, that was getting his careful. attention. Now, now, uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher last year during the Southwest Classic, yeah. that was a grab. But again, that's football. My it's, head coach, my head coach in high school, did that all the time. Right, and I mean the game has changed. Obviously, the perception of the way guys should coach has changed a little bit. Again, I'm not gonna, I, I'm but, not gonna sit here and say that I expect Morris to jump on guys on the sideline. I don't have a problem with his. Now, I, what, what, and I've seen people make this comparison. What concerns me at times, though, is like. I mean, Petrino was fiery, obviously. Petrino wasn't going to take crap. But when you the th- bulldog. When you think about the guys that we've had coaching this team, you had nail-biting Houston Nutt. I mean, that's all he did on the sidelines was sit there and bite his nails. He was like, you just freaked out. You were like, you always knew. Crap, Nutt's biting his nails. You know what's going on. Then you had Petrino who, like, just, just He'd rip his headset off. I mean, off. He, yeah, he just, I mean, he How many headsets stuff. did he break in his tenure here? <laughs> no telling. He probably had some sort of sponsorship with whatever headset company that was. It's like then, Singular or AT&T or something yeah. like that. Then you had Smile Man. Oh God! Um, and it's then, a great state of Alabama. <laughs> yeah, and then and so and then, but you had but now the last two guys. I mean, you had and maybe this is why people really, really it really bothers people because then you had had Bielema who just looked lost on the sidelines. Like <clears throat> I don't think I don't think he's lost the team. I just think the fans has that losing mentality that we've we think about it. Bielema's best year was eight and five. Yeah, that was the Texas Bowl year. Right. That's it. That's all we've had. Yeah, and well, I mean, fans are tired of losing, but I think you know, obviously, there's some sort of losing mindset within this program, and and some of that could be the holdover of guys that you have still in the program and that kind of thing. I I, I, that, I, I, I do. I, I believe it's just a holdover of the guys that are just used to, hey, nothing's going to happen, so I'm just going to do whatever I want. 
Yeah, but I mean, there's still more to it. Because again, I don't, we don't see the same issues that we saw last year in terms no. of, you know, guys just flat quitting. I mean, you had offensive linemen who literally just weren't blocking people. This year, you have guys who are trying, they just can't block people. There, well, there were, I saw a few times guys just give up, especially in, sec, excuse me, in the secondary. But that was early on in the career. That was early on in the season. That wasn't anything the last uh, two I mean, or three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm not seeing anything to give me give me a worry that he's lost the team at this point. Yeah, I um, agree. You know, I, I made you know I've I made this point a couple times with people over the last really over the last two weeks. These last two games to me have meant nothing. I mean, you knew what you were going to get out of them. I, I would have liked to have seen us. Be a little bit more competitive. Well, in the Auburn game, I thought we had some opportunities, but then again, you think about the uniqueness of both of those games. So, while Alabama is is definitely a better team than than Auburn, Auburn has a better defensive line than Alabama does currently. So, when you think about the the way the game scripts played out, you know it's not surprising that Auburn beat us like I did, like they did, because their offense wasn't going to move the ball because they were in our backfield every play. You know, Alabama is just a different animal. Now, I will say, um, yes, it was forty-one nothing at the half. But you can tell it. Saban called the dogs off. Oh, I mean, they could have put up a hundred if they wanted to. I mean, that, they were on track to make it eighty something to seven. Yeah, it, and I mean, we talked about that in our group chat before the game too. It was you know we were giving our score predictions, and I uh, said seventy you said to seventy 17. something. I was like, there's no way they're going to get to that just because of Saban. Saban's not going to try to get to that point. He's going to do what he can not to get to that point. Honestly. I disagree because they had a four, no 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 they had a fourth down play, and instead of kicking a field goal, they went for it. But he was just executing offense. I, I don't. I had no problem with that. Like now, and, granted, granted, they didn't get any points off of it, and we took over on like the four. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's that's in that scenario, it's the right move because why why kick a field goal to give you three meaningless points, and then and then give the team the ball back again? Arkansas wasn't coming back, but why no. why give a team any kind of chance there? Or you're Alabama, you have the one of the best defenses in the country. And you're going to give Arkansas one of the worst offenses in the country the ball at the four? I got no problem with that if I'm Nick Saban. True. So I don't, I don't have an issue. But that was that was just a personal aspect for me. It was yeah. just one of those. It was one of those. Why are you going for it? You're up 35 freaking points. And it's funny because I've seen so many people complain about. Well, Saban was running up the score. Look, no. here's the thing. No. A Saban could have run up the score. If he yes, wanted he to. could have. B had Saban run up the score. I still wouldn't have been mad at the guy because here's the deal. It's it's our job to stop them. Like, this idea that a team can't just keep playing, more injuries happen when you're playing at 60 or 70% trying not to win or trying mm-hmm. not to score than they do if you're just playing hard. Just go play, execute. The other team either stops you or they don't. Now, I have no – like, if, if, you know, if you're up 70 to nothing on a team and you decide just to hand the ball off every time, fine. Again, there's a team on the other side that's supposed to stop you. Yeah, well, yeah. If, I mean, if you run the if – you, if you hand the ball off every time and they run it up the middle and we can't stop them – but, okay, but here's the thing. How often, regardless of the situation, how often does a team, whether it's Alabama or anybody, have the opportunity to get a, a third-string quarterback time in their offense to learn their offense? It, it's invaluable. You talk about little too? Yeah, so it's, it's, in, it's invaluable for a team. And, and it's too bad that Arkansas can't think in these terms. And hopefully one day we'll be able to, whether it's with Morris or who. But one day, hopefully, we can be in a situation where – we're trying to get our third-string quarterback in the game and still run our offense and let them get some experience in what it's like to be out on a college field in that college speed. So, I have no problem. That Again, I saw – this is totally off topic, but I, not really off topic. But I saw the other day, I think we might have talked about it on here, where 
like a, a, a peewee coach got fined like 500 yeah, bucks. Yeah, we were talking about that you know? pre-show last week. So where like dude got fined 500 bucks for, for, for winning by more than 30. Like, I mean, and I get it at that level. It's a little different. You don't want these kids getting beaten, you know, 100 to nothing. But, again, it, at the college level, even at the high school level, it is there's a team on the other side. It's the team's jobs to stop each other. Make it happen. Well, and I mean, uh, and again, going back to the original premise, says Morris lost the team. No, he has not. Not by my standards, anyway. I haven't because that, uh, look, last year we had losses to everybody except for Tulsa and Eastern Illinois. Okay. Granted, we should have had more, but here's the kicker: North Texas, Colorado State are two of the prime examples. We lost by double digits. In both those games, I think. Not the Colorado State game. North Texas, we did. Colorado State, they, they beat us late. Okay. That was it. We, we were leading that whole game. Yeah, we were leading that whole game. But uh, but they still. The difference this year is they're playing, or they're trying to play four quarters, and you can see that. We're, we, with losses to A&M by, by less than seven. Okay. They were close with A&M last year, too. Well, yeah, but it looked the same result ended both games. Bad pass. Well, last year was an interception by Ty Story. This year, had O'Grady caught that pass, it would have changed the the the, the aspect of the game. Yeah, yeah. Possibly, yeah. with O'Grady being as, as talented and dynamic as he is, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give Arkansas the win. Had he caught that pass, but you're looking at less of a loss, minus the last two games and minus San Jose State. So, okay, but again, so at this point, we don't think he's lost the team. But when you think about last year, and, I, and I'm, I'm racking my brain because I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know what, that, last year? Yeah, but I mean, so when we really saw Morris lose this team was about this time. So that's why to me, and this is, I guess this will kind of lead us into some of our, our next part, is this next four weeks to me is the most important aspect of, of Chad Morris's, not just, not just his career at Arkansas, but Chad Morris's career in general. Like, when you look at, the trajectory of where Morris is going, and he did a good job of building SMU slowly right. to where they even to where they are today. You got to give him some credit for for where they are today. So now, though, he has turned a different direction. If if he loses this team in this last four games, you know, I don't I don't see a way you can keep a guy in that scenario. So so for me, when we look at what happened last year to what happened this year, we've talked about this. It's two different seasons last year. Right. You, you almost can't blame him for some of the bad stuff that happened. But he did, did lose the team about this time. And I think it's important to pay attention to the fact that he it could happen this year. Because, again, you get Mississippi State now. If you lose to Mississippi State and then – I think we'd be singing we'll – we'll be singing a different tune next Monday if he loses to Mississippi State. Well, and, and, and a lot of us will depend on how they lose that True. game. If they lose that game. So, if they lose to Mississippi State and then lose to Western Kentucky – all bets are off what happens those last two games. Yeah, all bets I mean, are off. I mean, you got to believe LSU beats Here, by 70. Oh, yeah. Here is the, the scores from last season. Eastern Illinois, uh, 55-20. Yeah. Colorado State, 34-27. North Texas, 44-17. Auburn, 34-3. A&M, 24-17. Alabama, th- uh, 65-31. Uh, Ole Miss, 37-33. Arkansas, tw- uh, I'm sorry, Tulsa, 23-0. Uh, Vanderbilt, 45-31. LSU 24-17, Mississippi State 52-6, Missouri 38-0. Now, here's the games so far this year. Portland State 20-13, Ole Miss 31-17, Tennessee 
Uh, Colorado State, 55-34. San Jose State, 31-24. Uh, A&M, 31-27. Kentucky, 24-20. Auburn, 51-10. Bama, 48-7. Yeah. So, so I mean, you can see the slight improvement to a point. Well, again, it's two different – again, two different seasons. I don't know that we can compare the two seasons. But, again, this is where it got – this is where this is where it really got interesting for Morris last year. Because you came into these final four games, and like you, you said, they, they played close in two of them. You know, even LSU they played close. Yeah. But at that point it was like they, they, they just let go of the rope. And Mississippi State absolutely annihilated us. And then Missouri annihilated us. I don't – well, and, and I have my, my, my thoughts about um, – uh, Missouri, to the fact of they were just going through the motions trying to get to the end of the season. But again, he had lost the team, though. Yeah, again, that he, one. That one you can tell he lost he, the team. He lost the team against Mississippi State too. You don't lose that that game fifty two to nine. And they they just literally did not show up no. in that game. I mean, that was just no. that was an awful. Um, game. Uh, see, there's there's we can sit here about all night and go back and forth on how these last four games need to play out. Well, I mean, I'll give you my I give you my. Ass kicking? My ideas here in a bit, but I'm just curious. So so we had a conversation earlier today. All right, wait, wait, wait. We want to save this for next segment? I don't know how much time we got. You're good. Will's giving us the kill sign. I guess that means we're going to wait till the next segment. All to right. get going. Y'all don't want to miss it, I'm going to tell you, because um, I'm going to make Zach cry. So anyway, um, what you got? Will. Um, okay, so next, coming up next, I'm going to have my ass handed to me. You have no confidence. Come on, man. You got to stick by your point here. You, you got. To... I, I, I'm, I'm gonna stick by, but I know I'm gonna be taken to school. Why? Come on, man. Have some confidence really? over there. Really? Yeah. We'll be back in just a minute, man. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Joining Zach and Steve is Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com. You can find him on Twitter at... NWA Hutch. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry, guys. I don't know what the end of that last segment was. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, we've just been laughing our heads off about it. And that's all you can do at this point. Wow. Oh, man. What's happening? Steelers just ran one back. Yeah, yeah whatever. Who cares? Um, so, where okay. were we? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, Are so... You- I'm gonna let you lead this thing off because why? Because so it was interesting. No, because you can well, come in and kick my hind parts. Well, because I'm 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 really interested because we had a we had a conversation earlier today. All right, and and you ring the bell. You tend you you seem to think that that um that Chad Morris should get how long? Five years. And he, I, I have a, sell I have me a, sell I have me. A point. Okay, name one coach in Arkansas history that's been outside of the two that I named earlier. That has had less than five years to fix this team. In the last, since I said, I will go back and join the SEC. How about that? Since '92, John L. Smith doesn't count. He was an interim. <laughs> doesn't count. He was an interim. Jack Crow doesn't count. He, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a special uh-huh. circumstance. Okay, but but continue. But, 
Houston Nutt had what? Ten years almost. Yeah, he's a native son. Petrino would have had five or more had he not. Yeah. Yeah, but nothing was broken. No. But, again, he was... You could see the, the, the incline or decline starting to happen or whatever. Um, Bielema, of course, had, what, five? Mm-hmm. No, he had more than that, didn't five. he? He had five. Okay. You average that out, Moore should get five, too. Okay, so... Because... No, no, no. Because look at how bad... The, look at how bad Bielema left it. You I, cannot, okay. You cannot, you cannot expect... You cannot expect a coach coming from the level that he came from to fix an SEC school in two years. You can't. So I should expect to lose to San Jose State and North Texas and Colorado State with with and go one and two against the Mountain West? Right now? Yeah. Why? Not San Jose State. That was that coming off the Colorado State win, that was on that's but, that's inexplicable. Okay. So you're telling me the Colorado State win last year should have stuck. Hang on, let me let me let me give you a hypothetical. Oh God, here we so, go. So you're telling me, well, okay, I guess okay. Let me. I want you. I want. I want you to clarify your five year statement. Okay. So no matter what happens the rest of this season, Chad Morris gets five years. Because that's 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 the stance I want to know. I, I, right. Okay. No. Wait a minute. Are you saying? Whatever happens, I don't care. Whatever happens, the rest of the season. So, are you saying if he goes two and ten again? Mm-hmm. You're trying to back me in a corner. I know what you're about to. No, do. I want to know your opinion. Well, okay. Realistically, uh, Balaam went three and nine his first year. Mm-hmm. The best he could do was eight and five. But what do you do? What do you do year two? Well, what do you do year two? I don't remember now. Did we four went five. No, we went four and eight. Oh, six and six. Why? No, he's four and eight. Y'all gonna make me pull it up now because I done forgot. Tried to no. So year two was six and six, I think, because that was the year that he stri- came out and won against Ole Miss and LSU in back to back weeks. Hang on, back to back shut the shutout. Yeah, no, even better. Okay, he went seven. And six. He went seven and six okay. with seven the bowl win over seven, Texas. Seven and six with the bowl win. That was the year. Okay, mm-hmm. that was the that year. was the borderline erotic year. Yeah, that was okay. And then you have and eight. they won two conference games. Yeah. So again. I ask you, no, no matter what happens this year, two you, and ten, you still give Morris five years. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> I just again the want- silence is because <laughs> I'm like, no, realistic. Okay, look, realistically, okay, realistically, mm-hmm. why not give him five years to get to get the. Everything in place. Okay. So here's the reason I don't get it. And I'm, I'm basing that off the article I read from hitthatline.com. Okay. And, and that's fine. And I read that same article. And so, and it's it's funny. Be and gentle. I'm going to tell a story. Be gentle. Minute, but be, be gentle. So, okay. So the, 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 that article was a hypothetical because no one really knows what's happening. It, it made really good sense. Right. But you said special circumstances for Jack Crow. Do you not think that O and 16 is special circumstances for Chad Morris? We don't know how these last four are going to pan out. No, 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 no. You said two and 10. He still gets five years. So four and 20. Four and 20. Okay. Did that? Four and 20. (laughs) Four and 20 is a good number. Oh, hey, it is. So four and. I rest my case. We'd all be very happy. So four (laughs) four and 20. And he gets, he, he gets, he still gets five years. So, so here's. Here, here's so okay. 
So four and twenty means zero and sixteen in the conference. Right. That means you lost to Western Kentucky, who has the quarterback that couldn't win for you, but could come in and beat you. You basically who is also and going back on that. He's also completing at last check, last check seventy percent of his passes, hundred yards rushing. He's their leading rusher. Okay, so I don't think he's their leading rusher, but he's last, been in, in, been in some games. At so, last check. so but but regardless, so two, so so four and twenty, and and you think that Chad Morris should automatically get year three, no matter what happens the rest of this year. So they get beat fifty. They get beat seventy to seven by LSU, which is and more Missouri, than likely going to happen. Missouri beats us. Western Kentucky beats us. Mississippi State beats us. They all beat us. We go two and ten. So let's let's think about that on face value. So I I, I agreed with the hit hit that line thing. I I, I had a conversation with a buddy it earlier. It does that day. make sense. So this is the way that I kind of laid it out. If I was Chad Morris, okay, and if I'm Chad Morris and I'm thinking about the way this year is going to go, I'm looking as if I'm the coach, I'm looking at it in thirds. And I, and I would assume that most coaches probably look at a season in that manner. So, if in our schedule laid out pretty well to lay it out in third. So, you look at the first four games. You had Portland State, Colorado State, um, San Jose State. Who am I missing? Anyway. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss yes. is number two. So, so, if you're Chad Morris, you're coming out. You just brought in your two, you just brought in your, your two transfer quarterbacks. You feel better about your situation on offense. Your thought process is you're coming out and you're going to win. You, you, you hope that Hicks – the guy that knows your offense is going to take over the, the, the reins of this offense, and you're going to win, and, and, and you're going to move the ball, and you're going to do some good things. If he doesn't work out, then you can throw Starkle out there. That's fine. They both have experience in the – Starkle has experience in the SEC, and, and Hicks has the – well, that plan obviously didn't work out in the first third of the season. Correct. You know, we lost to San Jose State, almost lost to Portland State, lost to Ole Miss, so, and, and then beat Colorado State. All right, so then you look at the second four. If, I, if I'm Morris, I'm looking at the second four and going, okay, depending on how the first four went, I may make a switch here. But my hope is is that I can get a win out of that Kentucky-Texas A&M. One of those two games I can get a win, and I feel pretty good about where we are. I'm going to go into Auburn and Alabama, and I don't – I mean, uh, we know realistically as a coach, if you're coaching – I mean, we know as fans, the coaches know, they're not winning those games more than likely. Now, they're not going to outwardly say that, but you know they're not going to win those games. Again, the second to me, so so if I'm making this plan, I've already failed on the first part of my plan. Right. So now plan the second third of my plan, I've failed because I've lost to A&M and Kentucky in games that I should have really won. And then I lost the next two games, as everyone expected, by 41 points. So now I go into the final portion of the season. And my as I look at as I look at what I'm what my what my team has done, I have a, 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 what I have said is one of the better freshman quarterbacks that I could have brought in. He needs work, but he's not played a game. So he's got four games to play. So now we've set this whole thing up and we've got all of our freshmen lined up to where most of them have, they can, they can, they can still have their red shirts. We've not lost that. We go into these final four, these final four games to me, define what Chad Morris will do in the future. Not only if he'll stay at Arkansas, but if he'll be a head coach anywhere else in the and not just at the Power Five level, but I think even going down to the Group of Five, even going down lower than that, if Chad Morris can really be a head coach at at a at a decent level other than high school, because if you look at what has to happen in the, these next four games, it's imperative that a this team shows life. 
That's number Correct. one. This team has to show life and has to show fight. But number two, you have to at some point start creating the excitement that you promised two years ago when you were hired. You have three. You have to maintain some sort of momentum in recruiting, which you're not doing right now. It's even gotten to the point where we've seen stuff being put out that they're not even going to bring recruits in after this week. Like they don't, they, they, everything's on hold well, as to every, what they're going to do with official visits. Yeah, so, what they're saying is, is if it's not scheduled, they're not going to, they're not bringing in recruits. Right. So your recruiting momentum has fallen apart, and, and if you lose these four games, you have zero recruiting momentum. So. If and even if you just win the Western Kentucky game, you have zero recruiting momentum, especially if that's a close game and you get beat by Mississippi State, Missouri, and blown out by LSU, which by, by we all we all think that's going to happen. So, if I'm a coach or if I'm Hunter Juracek, and let's just say that that conversation happened now, it and 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 your looking at this from from a, you know an oversight situation and going, okay, well we failed in the first semester. Or the first trimester, whatever you want to call it. Trimester? Yeah. Is that that's really what you're going with? Why not? I mean, we're trying to make we're trying to make oh, something here. We're trying to we're trying boy. to create something. Why not? So oh, we 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 <laughs> failed. We we then failed in the second because we I mean, again, we went 0 and 4. Okay. When we at least could have went one and three. Okay. Right? Then we go into the fourth. Nah, you can even make the case to go two, two and two. two. Yeah. So then we go into the final, which again, when you look at it from face value, could be a three and one trimester <laughs> and so i mean as we so so again he's failed not okay so we take year one out okay he recruited well so we give him a pass for year one because we feel we, we feel like that that team wasn't overly his but he did good well do well in recruiting but then he comes in with basically his team and he fails in all uh, three he, he fails all three 74 percent 74 percent and, and let's be real. Let's think about this for a second. But, he, John, but 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 they're also the youngest team, almost the youngest team. I don't I don't care. That's no excuse to lose to San Jose State. That's no excuse to lose to Western Kentucky. That's no excuse to only beat Portland State by seven. That I mean. But look at look at look at look at all the errors in all those games that you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. Ex- execution mm-hmm. and minimal mistakes. You really put that on the coach. Mm-hmm. You tell me tell me why Nick Starkle's mechanics have gotten worse. And you can't tell me it's just because of confidence. Tell me, tell me why Ben Hicks plays an entire game against Auburn and gets his body smashed in when you could have probably put John Stephen Jones, who at least looks like he can run around a little bit. You want me to be real with you? Well, I mean, again, the, the decision. So I'm okay because I'm, he's scared to play the other two. Why? why? What could be worse than the two he's playing? Okay, you got I, at this point you have nothing to lose. Look, I'll give you KJ. I don't have a don't blow KJ up. Wait till the four games, and, and I'm fine with him not playing KJ. But at some point, something's got to happen. Something's got to give. I mean, what I didn't understand. But now to, you're looking. But but again, I was against both of them coming in anyway. At or when when I first heard that Hicks and Starkle were coming in, because he lost the starting job at A and M to Mond. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, some wait, of that wait, was injury. Wait, 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 some of it was injury, but at the same time, you get my point. Now we're starting to see why. Well, number possibly, two, yeah. Number two, Hicks is not – Hicks may be a, a great quarterback, but he's not SEC caliber. He is not an SEC quarterback. Well, and he's not a great quarterback. Just – at all at SMU, he is um, at that level where S where, where SMU is. He may be a good one. No, I mean at the end of the day, he wasn't even going to be the starter at SMU. There's a reason he left, and it wasn't because he wanted to play with Chad Morris. It's because he wasn't going to be the starter at, at at SMU. So, again, let's be real. Morris put all his eggs into the Kelly Bryant basket. 
and that basket fell out of the tree and all the eggs broke. Are we sure that he put all of his yes. eggs in the Kelly Bryant 100%, basket? 100%, yes. He see, thought he had Kelly Bryant. I, see, I'm not convinced we ever had him. No, I think we did. I 100% think Kelly Bryant was coming coming to Arkansas, and then things that happened down the stretch, in whether it was on the field, different things that were said. I mean, again, his situation is no better. It's worse at Missouri, honestly, because at least at Arkansas, he could have played for a bowl this year. He can't do anything at Missouri, and now they're fixing to just stink it up to finish the season potentially. So he put all his eggs in that basket. See, I'm, I'm just uh, to me, I'm not, I'm not convinced. And, but even if he didn't, let's let's say even if he didn't put all his eggs in the in the Kelly Bryant basket, let's, let's so so he still went after who was the um, who was the Buffalo quarterback that they were going after the big the big kid. Everybody, I can't remember his name. Tyree something Jackson. It was something. Anyway, so the kid from Buffalo that they went after. They, they so Arkansas's name was connected to several different transfer quarterbacks until and and they literally tried because if you remember they were going after Hicks. Hicks was a name that popped up from the very beginning. The minute that people started thinking about if the, the minute the minute people started thinking that we were going to bring a transfer quarterback in when Ty Story announced that he was leaving and when guys started, we knew Cole, Cole Kelly announced that he was leaving. When those things happened, we knew we were bringing somebody in. And Hicks, just that name just floated out there. We never wanted to bring Hicks in. Hicks was the last option for Morris. It was the last guy he was bringing in, and the only reason Hicks came in was to stabilize the quarterback room and to be that yeah, guy. Yeah, how'd that work out? Well, I mean, at the time it did, but then Starkle came available. And it was like, okay, Here's a guy that has SEC experience. He he was successful in the SEC for a short time before he got hurt. And so, at the end of the yeah, day, but did his in? I, I have a hard time believing that that injury is what derailed. Starting. Well, again, you got to think about all the scenarios that that played out at A and M while he was there too. So, I mean, it, it, that that whole situation was ugly. And and I don't know that. I don't know that Starkle's a bad quarterback. I think Starkle's got a lot of really good traits. I mean, we were all enamored by him. He just, for whatever reason, what and and I mean, there's, it's got to be coaching. I mean, what's the other answer here? Like, well, okay, but then why not change your assistants out? For what though? What what are you gaining? Who, okay, a who are you bringing here? Because I'm sorry, there's no way Morris has a five year guarantee. And well, I, okay. You got to get rid of Joe Craddock. Period. Dude's not doing anything for you. I I don't I don't a hundred percent agree with that though because again why now, look at the product on the field. But how many times? Okay, but again, look at I, again. I didn't watch the whole Alabama game, but just looking at the play chart, when you look, how many times has this team been moving the football down the field and and Starkle or Hicks make a terrible decision that so takes us on, out of rhythm? So automatically, you put the blame on Morris for for. No, I'm not putting um, the, no, no, a no. momentum killer. I'm not. I'm not putting. I'm so. So from my perspective, I, I. This is where I will defend the coaches. Is that I do think that there's some execution issues going on on the field. My issue where the where I can't defend the coaches on that side of the thing on that side of things is when you start talking about the fact that it's the same issues every single time. Nick Starkle throws behind or over his receiver. Hicks does the same Ty, thing. Ty, no, Hicks just holds on to the ball too long. Hicks doesn't make quick decisions, and we don't have an offensive line. And he that stares can down him every enough. every receiver that he has. Right. So, so I mean, there are, there are a lot of things going on in 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 the at the quarterback position that worry you, and especially when you consider we would potentially be starting what our eighth. Okay, let's see. Cole, Ty, Connor. Starkle, Hicks, so sixth. If you start John Stephen Jones, you've started six quarterbacks in less than two seasons. Now, 
You're telling me that this coaching staff that's supposed to be an SEC-level coaching staff can't develop one out of six guys to be a starting quarterback? Not if they're not coachable. You're telling me all six guys aren't coachable? How are all well, six okay. guys not coach? John Stephen Jones is the most coachable kid on this football team. Why is he not playing? That's a, that okay? That but that doesn't fall on head coach. To me, to me, that wouldn't fall on the coach. John Stephen Jones not playing doesn't fall on here's, the coach. Nah, here's why: they make they make who starts. They make it as a team decision, as a group of coaches decision. No, if you listen to Craddock, Craddock said it from the beginning of the year that Coach Morse has the final say on that. Whatever more, if if they're making a but see when you hear Morse talk about it. In his press conferences, it's everybody at, at the same time. Well, yeah, but they're gonna sit. They're all gonna sit down and talk about it. I mean, that's what a staff does. But Morris has the final say. He's the head coach. He's gonna say he's gonna go out there. I look. You give Morris. You give Morris five years. But this, the staff under him right now, has got to go. I just if if and here's where I will concede to your point. If by year three we're still over, even. You know what? I'll, let me backtrack. Fire him at midpoint. If he doesn't get the job done at midpoint, get an in, interim. But again, so so what you're telling me is that Chad Morris is going to fire two assistants, and we're going to throw a blank check and say, "Chad, go hire whoever you want." Blank check. We've hire got the some be- of the. But got, wait, but wait, wait, no, 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 no. We've got some of the biggest donors. Why are we holding back on money? I'm not saying hold back. Here's I'm not saying that. I'm saying give him a blank check. Go spend what you want. Who in their right mind is going to come be a rena assistant for potentially half a season? Who's going to come work for a guy who's 0-16 in the SEC, who's 1-2 against the Mountain West, who will probably be 1-3 against the Mountain West after the first game of next year? And who's going to come work for that guy? Nobody. There's nobody worth their salt that's going to come work for that guy. We've, we've hashed this okay. out. I, yeah, and I get that. But even if you fire him at the end of this year, who in their right mind is going to come here? Owen 16. I'm sorry. I, I, look, at Owen 16, who's going to come here? There will be plenty. Mike Norvell will jump over here. Mike Norvell if, wouldn't no, run no, no, down no. the interstate to get here. If he never, if he hasn't left Memphis yet, he's not going to. He hasn't left Memphis because other schools haven't given him an offer. It's not because he's been offered a job. We were offering him. What the word was is we were offering him. Nope. Never. We never offered him. That was the name that was floating around before. The names Chad. were there, but we never offered him. There, there's, there's some... There are, there are skeletons in Norvell's closet that has run off Ole Miss, Tennessee, Arkansas, and other programs that have not hired So you just backtrack. Mike Norvell won't come here. No, no, no. No, Mike Norvell will come here if offered, and I would think – But Arkansas is not going to offer him. They'll offer him now. They, they, you, can't, you can't not offer him at this point. They but went, you're, look, they you're, went you're, the safe route hoping to find a guy. Here's, here's the thing, and, and, and here's the even bigger issue here. We don't know the full. We don't know what con what, what context Hunter Yurichek has. We don't know who he's going to reach out to. Kevin and, Sumlin. <laughs> but it doesn't matter whether it's some. I don't. We don't know what his con. Tom Herman. Tom Herman. Mm. He hired Tom Herman in Houston. He he and he built that Houston program to what it is right yeah, now. Yeah, and he's got Texas in a pretty good spot. Mm, they just lost to TCU, bro. In a pretty good spot. I didn't say they were great. But I'm just saying. They're better than what they were. They were, and he's done that. So, again, Tom Herman's a name that would be an interesting name. I know people hate Texas, but, I mean, Tom Herman's a name that's a very interesting name. My, but my point is, give the guy a chance. You've given – you gave, you gave – Be- again, it was the former regime here in Jeff Long, and I get that. But, but so, so why let's not? use all your coaches as an example. Houston Nutt improved year over year over year, other than well, he had a – he had a he had a down run there in the towards the end, but he still improved from year one on. He 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 got better. 
I still say you go get Petri- Petrino got better. Bielema yeah, but got better until until he anyway. Bielema got better. How, tell me where Bielema got better though. Three and nine to a bowl win and one. So, but the best we could do. I don't care. He still got better after year one. You couldn't get rid of him after year two because he borderline the, erotic Texas. <laughs> I, but the best we could do was four and eight, four and four. Yeah, eight and five. Eight. There was one eight and five. That's the best you can do is eight and five? Yeah, but I, I, I'm not and saying. And that's what a bowl win? But that's not my point. My point is, is you're saying that but you, we've but, given. But, but hang the, on, hang on, hang on. You're saying that we've given coaches five years at least every time. Or four to five. Petrino would have been here longer. Again, but every one of those coaches made improvements in the program. What improvements today has Chad Morris made in the Arkansas program after how many games we've played? 28 and uh, 20 games. Yeah, he's, he's 20 games in. 20 games. What, what improvements? Do you not remember where this program was when Bielema left it? No, no, no. Yes, but what improvements do we see on the field right now? They're fighting still. Last but, year, they quit. The year before that, they quit. They're, they're improving. They're not big improvements, but you see improvements. Everybody sees it. I don't. I don't. I don't see any improvement, man. I see a quarterback position that's awful. I see offensive yeah. linemen dropping like flies. But it's it's again. Where does that where does that stink? Uh, where does that go back to the offensive line? I've been saying it. Majority of the offensive and defensive lines are Bielema's guys. Okay, mm. that should not even be playing on an SEC level. Not saying that they're not talented. Okay, but I want. I think most of them are Bielema's guys. People that should not even be playing. At, at an SEC level. Hang on. Let's see here. Let's have a little fun. little fun real quick because I know Will's over there freaking out because we got to get this segment over with. wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, or, you know. I, I mean, I don't... Who's going to want to come here without an extremely large buyout for job security? Well, again, you're going to have to give a guy a big buyout anyway. I don't care. No, you're talking $30 million buyout just so he could... Just, just for job security purposes. Who cares if he wins? You don't have to pay it. I don't give a crap. Give the guy a fifty million dollar guaranteed contract for five years, ten million a year. We tried. He went back to Auburn. Well, he can stay there. I'm not worried about that guy. I'm just saying. I don't care what you have to give the next guy. I don't and, see why. We, okay, you don't renew Chavis, and then you take a check to Brent Venables again. He's never, not here. never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there. In a perfect world, you go to Clemson. You tell Brent Venables how much you want. I know he's not gonna come. I'm saying hypothetically, but you give more. You, you tell Venables name your price. It doesn't matter. But you're not gonna get Leach. You're not. Why wouldn't you? Oh, Leach would come here. Why wouldn't Leach come or here? Leach would. You even said no. Le- he no, said, I said no. He wanted the Arkansas job when Morris was. Yes, back. Leach would take this job in a heartbeat. You're, he's he's just, struggling with Washington State right now. You th- even said it. That's different. You you, don't know the you Washington said State you you history. you said that Leach wouldn't come here. I said that I don't know that I would want Leach based on his what he's what what's going on. I don't care whether I want him or not. You said who's going to come here. Mike Leach would come here. Mike Norvell would you, come here. Who are you, you going to get tell as me, offensive coordinator? I, I, whoever the hell they want to, whoever they want to bring. I don't care. How about defensive coordinator? Here's the name we've not thrown out. Charlie Strong. Remember his yeah, defenses? That's right. Charlie and Strong. I don't uh, think he has a job right he now. No, he is. He, yeah, he does. He's down at oh. like South Florida or Central Florida or one of the directional schools oh, down in Florida. Yeah, I oh, think so. Crap. Okay, never mind. But no, that's just, I mean, he. he Lane Kiffin. Okay. No. No. 
Okay. Everybody else is throwing out names. Why the hell not? So, so that's my that's my question. I wanted to end this segment with for you to think for next segment. Uh-huh. Give me your top three replacements for Chad Morris. Oh, so now you're just it. talking head coach, offensive, no, and defensive. No, 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 just head coach. Head coach. Oh, just head top coach. Three choices, and how much you would pay each one, and how much you would give them as a buyout. All right. When we nah. come back, we're going to tackle that. So we'll be back. Subscribe to Inside the Natural State and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Natural State Sports. We, the people, stand tall, equal, and free. In pursuit of happiness. And premium American spring water. Mineral-rich, revitalizing goodness. With a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH. Bottled in glass. To oxygenate our brave, proud selves. The healer and hydrator of. We. 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 The people. The Mountain Valley spring water. Back to the source. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. Everybody's still listening after I got schooled, apparently, by Steve. Uh, you know, hey, you had some... I had some points. valid points, though. Yeah, you had points. Okay, well, I <laughs> thought I had valid points, so... Yeah, I, 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 think, I don't want to hear any of you, you. You weren't even part of the conversation, William. You might have scored more points than Arkansas again, did against Bama there. I don't know. Well, I'm up to, what, 14? Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, fine. 10? Well, hang on. I, so, I wanted to, I wanted oh, to go God. back on a point real quick that you made, because... So, you say... Oh, God. Now, now go. okay, wait. I should say... Let, let me... Let me. You didn't have enough fun kicking my butt in the last segment. You got to do it now? No. Let me clarify that you are you were mostly right on the offensive line that they have been... Bielema guys. Mm-hmm. But we about to see a change because with the depth chart that just came out. Which I haven't been able to look at yet. Your starting left tackle for this week is Myron Cunningham because uh, Colton Jackson has announced his medical retirement. From Best the- of luck to him. Yeah, I hate that for him. Um, and He's battled. He's battled. He has. He um, has. Austin Caps is listed as the starter at left guard. However, he's probably not going to play. So your backup currently is sophomore. True sophomore, not redshirt, true sophomore, Shane Clinton, and true freshman, Brady Latham. So both of those guys would be guys that Morris would have brought in. Your center is currently Ty Clary, but Ty Clary is also banged up. His backup is Shane Clinton. Your right guard is true freshman, Ricky Stromberg, Morris guy, and his backup is Bo Limmer, true freshman. Dalton Wagner is a true sophomore, and his backup is redshirt freshman Ryan Winkle. Now, I made the comment last segment that these guys don't can't, you know, shouldn't be playing on an SEC level. I want to clarify that by saying even if that is the case, and again, this is just my opinion of it, they're still playing as hard as they possibly can. Yeah, no, you're right, and they okay. are. I don't want anybody upset with me saying that I'm dogging the offensive line. And, and let's be real, back to your point that you made. The offensive line is the weak link right now of this offense. It is. It, it, but coaching doesn't help when they put the wrong guy under center. 
So And the center has come out multiple times and said, I don't know who's back there behind me. Well, no, he said that once, and that was taken out of context. Uh, that Again... It's the th- media trying to... It's not it. just the media. This is just anybody grasping at any straw to find anything negative yeah. when we have plenty of negative to talk about. Like, we don't... So... So today, since you brought it up, I've been I've been losing my mind on a few media folks today. Only a few today, because people have and and, and now tr- I look. Now I was gonna say now at first I, because I didn't listen to the press conference initially. I just read the words that were put out, and initially the way that this certain that media outlet put it out was that Chad Morris guaranteed a win for this week. Well then. SEC Mike on Twitter and several other people mm-hmm. jumped on this and was like, "Oh yeah." If you listen to the press conference and get the full context of the question that was asked, he was not guaranteeing. He said, we're going to win at all costs. Everything is, all the options are on the table. He said, we're going in, basically, it was, we're going in to win the game. Yeah. That's what he said. It wasn't where, why wouldn't it be the, yeah, I would hope that they're going there with the intent to win the game. (laughs) Like, otherwise, why are you going there? Just stay home and and resign. What were the last, what, six games? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Eight eight games. Eight games? I mean, so yeah. So, I mean, anyway, so... Some of that stuff just gets taken out of context. So, um, so as we move on, Will posed a, a fun little question there, and this is all hypothetical. If if Chad Morris gets fired, and then, and again, the contracts are hypothetical. I mean, this is just the three of us. I'm assuming Will has his um, opinions and yeah. ideas and things so, like that. So. We're gonna rock paper scissors. Who starts here? Be nice, and we're gonna start with Will since he's the one that posed the question. And I swear to God, you say Houston Note or Bobby Petrino, I'm coming across the table at you. So do you want all three of my guys or just kind of want to go top guy first and go around? Or how do you want to do this? Give, give me, give me your three. three. Give me your three. Okay. I really didn't have a top three. <laughs> so he posed the question but didn't have an answer? Well, isn't that kind of how throwing questions out is? No. So realistic, number one, I would say... Mm. Somebody start the Jeopardy theme. <laughs> For real, though, because I really hadn't thought about it. So, realistic, I'm having a hard time picking. I think one A and one B for me would be. That's tough. I got, I got Nick Saban and Urban Meyer. Really <laughs> so, and, and this. Wait, you had a name crazy, over there you were so, going to say? Yes, yeah. but he's not my number one. Just no. say it. Okay, so it's it's the guy that's kind of been a hot name here lately that Hutch brought up. He's a current Appalachian State yeah. coach. Number he's got him at seven and zero. Is Eli Drink Drinkwitz Drink Drink Drinkwitz yeah. drink drink something like that? Yeah, Drinkwitz yeah, I mean, or Drinkwitz. He's only drink thirty six years old, and that's what kind of scares me with him. He's thirty six years old. Yes, he's got them seven and zero, but again, what's his power what five record look like? Nothing. This is his first year as a head coach. Yeah. But he's also at a program that Scott Scatter or Statterfield, Scott Satterfield, Satterfield yeah. uh, built up there at Appalachian State. So I don't know. Um, I'm, of it's course, we go name. with the. Of course, the popular name is going to be Mike Norvell at at Memphis, and then then Michael Leach. I do think he would bring a fun offense. The people might not think it would work in the SEC, but I think it would. There are still a lot of people in Texas that loves that coach. Oh, yeah. He oh, would yeah. do well in Texas. And I oh, guarantee yeah. that some of those high school coaches would be over the moon. Receivers. They would be throwing their receivers to Arkansas in a heartbeat. Say, so go play for him because 
they remember what he did with Michael Crabtree and everything mm-hmm. down at Texas Tech and the way he got screwed out of that program, which he's still fighting them to try and get the the ter- uh, his buyout or whatever from them because being fired for unrightful terms or whatever. But anyways. If you want to so, fire your coach, there's your guy. He ain't afraid to call a player out. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, he's he's like the exact opposite of what we've had here lately. Um, no, but you you go and you give $10 million guarantee to someone like Bob Stoops and, and make him say no. And you make him say no. Yeah. Same thing with Urban Meyer. You give him $12 million a year and you make him say no. Yeah. And then after that, you go down to Mike Leach. You go to Mike Norvell. And if all they, we know Norvell won't say no unless he's already been hired by Ole Miss, which I think may very well happen. See, I don't know that. See, I, I, I don't know that. I don't, I maybe. Don't, I, I, don't, I mean, this is their last I think year of their, their, uh, of their band. NCAA sanctions. Yeah. So. yeah, but at the same time, I mean. My, Matt Luke is nothing more than a stopgap, so. Yeah. So, so you want me uh-huh, to go? I'm going uh-huh. Because I know y'all are going to give me nine kinds of hell for mine. No, you're okay. going less miles number one, aren't you? So, 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 all right. So I got a dream list, of course. Now, this is this was hypothetical, assuming that Morris gets fired this year, right? So, my number, if you were, if so, the top two, throw money at Bob Stoops, Urban Meyer. Those don't, those things don't happen. These are guys that I would be very happy with. Mm-hmm. That I feel like would be guys that could step in and do more than what Morris does, and and the plus to these guys is they have a proven track record already. So, number one would be Mike Norvell. I wanted Norvell last year or two years ago, and there's reasons why that didn't work out. But Norvell does. See, con- I always thought you were off the Norvell thing because of the skeletons in the closet. No, I, I I don't care about the skeletons in the closet. That's not my problem. That's not something I have to worry about. That's something that they have to worry about. I, I Mike Norvell's a great coach. He's a great offensive mind. He knows the game. He's done a really good job at Memphis. Now, the only drawback, really, in my opinion, on on Norvell is can he actually build a program? Now, he's done a great job sustaining Memphis from from what Justin Fuente did there, but can he build a program? And that was the that was one of the big big issues with why he didn't get hired when Morris did, because Morris had shown some ability to rebuild SMU to where it was. So that's my number one. Number two, Bill Clark. Anybody here know Bill Clark? Name sounds UAB coach. I was going to say UAB. So UA. So hang on, I'm gonna pull this up. I meant to keep this pulled up because this is actually really, really, really impressive. Now they just there's kind of some chatter, and and y'all are gonna shut it down. But you know, if Gus goes eight and four or seven five, he's fired, and that's the name that. He, got, they, that's some, well. Worked, that, here's the thing. They've been they've been saying that about Gus for years. Oh, well, if he if he goes this year, what seven now? Yeah, but he's been they've been saying that for at least the last three or four years. Well, okay, I because mean, they're getting tired of it. And even but they're gonna so. keep him. They always do. Mm, and that, they always money, do. Big money down there is getting tired, and they continue to see Bama win. They will fire a coach even after signing him to. But even even Gus has gotten eight, seven years. So well, anyway. Uh, so Gus so Bill also. Clark. So the cool thing about Bill Clark is we talk about a guy that can actually build a program. Mm-hmm. You know, UAB was basically not a program. No, they, they shut, shut down they their shut football down. program. In 2014, he came in. They went six and six. That was their first year back, mm-hmm. right? 2015, 
2017, or no, so, so 2014, he was their head coach. Right. And they went six and six. Right. Then they shut the program down. Okay. In 2017, they resumed football. That's 17 was when they came back. And he was, he went eight and five in his first year bringing the program back. Eight and five, six and two. In 18, 11 and three, seven and one in conference. In 19, six and one, three and one in conference. Okay, but again, I'm going to ask the question. What's their power of five rankings look like? I mean, how is this record against power five? Well, I mean, I have to go back and look. But again, I think the idea of what's their record against power five is overblown because of what Morris has done. When you think about Morris wasn't going to have power. The lack of what he's done? Well, yeah, but either way, Morris, who, so yes, Morris actually hasn't had other than his SEC games. But again, again, who has UAB played? Well, I don't care. He rebuilt a program from ash, from nothing, literally from nothing. I mean, there was no program, and he built it back to this. So you got to give the guy some credit. So that's my number oh, two. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bill Clark makes $975,000 a year and a $1 million buy. We could, throw the, we, we could buy, buy him out easy, give him $2.5 million a year guaranteed for five years, and he'd come here and jump all over it. Norvell only makes $2.3 million, and his buyout's only 500000 Another interesting name. So you, you brought up Drinkwitz. That was another guy. He makes like seven fifty a year. That's an right. easy one if you want him. P.J. Fleck at Minnesota I did. is another very, very – now, the thing that concerns yeah, me – Minnesota's in a good spot right yeah, now. The one thing that concerns me about Fleck is I the think – The Golden Gophers. Are, are you hiring another Bielema? I mean, are you See, hiring another Big Ten would, guy? But, that, again, again, if you hire Mike Norvell, you're hiring another American Athletic Conference dude. Well, so, I mean, yeah. But with – You're trading with one for far, the other. With far more success than what the other did. So, I mean, and here's another name. I didn't write this name down, but here's another name. And if it steals yours, I, it probably doesn't. But anyway, if this one, so here's another interesting name. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Where's he at? Baylor. The, uh, he was at Temple. Yeah, that was, yeah I was going to say he's, he's a Temple. I mean, you want to talk about Texas ties? You want to talk about a guy bringing that, a program back from yeah. what could have been the death penalty, close yeah, to the death penalty as they could get. Right, absolutely. So, I mean, those, those are the guys that I would. And they have, got a really nice stadium down there. I'm not going to lie. I've, I saw it built when I was in the military down there. And I, and I, I kept driving by there when I'd go to uh, Waco and, and, and all those towns down there. And I kept going, what is that? When they finally unveiled it, there, my unit was, was got to be a, have a game down there. So Yeah. So, it's, it's, so those are my names. Those are the guys that I would, that I would, if I was the athletic director at the University of Arkansas, those are the guys that I would focus on. So what all do you right. got over there? Well, I don't do the whole money thing. I, I've got a little unique situation going on at least for the first contract oh boy so i don't do the whole big money thing because we've had bad deals with buyouts and all that other crap i my money i don't give a crap but i'm gonna name the coaches and then i'm just gonna name my my my, my ideal plan for the first contract oh boy well i know where this is going how are you gonna pop my bubble i just didn't even <laughs> see <laughs> Way to just kill it before it no, even no, gets off. No, on. no, it's already dead now. No. Uh, top of the list, Urban Meyer. Okay. All right. Well, you said you're not. You're gonna have to give that guy stupid money. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. But again, I don't do. I don't do the money. I don't do the money. I'm just okay. naming coaches here. Oh, okay. I got you. Bob Stoops. Okay. Stupid money. Yep. Les Miles. Halfway stupid money. Halfway stupid money. Yeah. I wonder what his buyout would be at LSU. All right. And again, I'm. I'm Hold on. I have one more that I added to the list. Old soul. Nope. Well, yeah. yeah. Pulaski Academy's coach, Kevin Kelly. Now, I say that because the guy's a genius. But here's my problem. I'm a CAC grad, so it hurts to say that I'm a fan of a Bruin. Because we were big rivals back in the day. Now, not so much. Um, But, no, I mean, 
like I said, I don't do the whole big money thing because you go on and you pay a guy bazillions amount of money. But it ain't your money. Who cares? You're stroking a blank check here, bud. It ain't your money. It ain't your, it ain't your mortgage you got to worry about paying. But what paying. would be wrong with paying a guy $250,000, $500,000 a win? Because, number one, no coach in their right mind is actually going Again, to take that contract. Again, this is all hypothetical. No, I know. I get okay. that. And, and if he... he $500,000 a win. You win, too. You got a million dollars right there. Okay. Okay. You want to know the number one problem with that? Oh, there's a lot of problems. You're well, gonna, no, you're, gonna get, both then, of you are going to probably shoot holes in it. But no. I, idealistically, this would be my my plan, if, which is probably why I'm not an athletic director. No, but I, still. I get it. But the number one reason why you don't do that why? is recruiting. Well, yeah, because you're not guaranteed the next year. You're not even guaranteed the next day. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I mean, you're paying a guy per win. So if he doesn't win two games, you don't pay him anything, and you just get rid of him. So, I mean, it's it's an, it's a novel idea. I've always thought it was an interesting thought. I, that's just me. I mean, realistically, it'll never happen. Yeah. Realistically, those four guys will never step foot on the, on, on, on the campus uh, of the University of Arkansas. I mean, I wouldn't say never. I mean, I have heard rumblings of somebody being in talks with somebody else. Yeah, but yeah, it's not going anywhere. But no, but... I, think, but I don't know. I just... You, you got to give the guy a chance. It took him how many years to get... SMU bowl eligible again? He was there in the third year, right? They went to a bowl their third year. Yeah, they, they were zero and eleven, and then they went seven and five. What by year three, year three, four, year three? They were. He was not the coach in the zero and eleven. He took over at the end of that. Yeah, he took he over at the end of that, that one. That. Yeah. yeah, I just to me, and again, I get it. A couple weeks ago, I was on. I was high and mighty on get rid of get rid of them all, but it was an emotional. I was pissed because I'm tired of losing. I'm just like every other fan. But at, at least, at least, at least give him another year. Again, I, I, I could agree with that if they show some promise in these last four games. So that's that's where I'm at as we start looking I at I think his whole career, I agree with you, what you said at the beginning of the show, his whole career hinges on these last four games. Yeah, and if you start looking, so, so we're kind of looking forward here as, as we start thinking about what's, you know, we've put Auburn and Alabama behind us. We've put the state of Alabama behind us. Um, Smile. So yeah, so we we get to come back to Fayetteville next week and in a very cold game. It's going now, to be extremely. Cold and I'm going to be at that game. Well, have fun. Um, and and so as we look forward, here's this my is, one concern about these four games, though, and I don't mean to cut you off. Let's say you beat Mississippi State pretty handedly. You get a bye week between them and Western Kentucky. Is it after Kentucky? It's after, West, it's after Western Kentucky. Okay. Two two. Couldn't remember where yeah. uh, that bye week fell. You go into Western Kentucky. Now you're two and zero going into the last four games. Okay, last two games with LSU and and uh, Missouri. You got a bye week to prepare for LSU for whatever you know fire and and brimstone come flying right. down at you. My fear is that they, they lose confidence in that LSU game. And then they come out flat against Missouri. They did the same thing against uh, 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 with Colorado State. Look at how look at what look at all the minimal mistakes against uh, San Jose. That game should have been easily winnable. But they got too hyped up 
on that one win, and they overlooked them to look look ahead at A and M. Well, but again, that's where we have to. Again, if if that happens, then that also points back to coaching. That I will agree with. That I will agree with. So, but again, you're talking about this team winning their first conference, potentially winning their first conference game, and then and so being winning two games in a row, which has not happened since Morse has been here, and and being. And being two and zero in a in a four game set, which is basically his job interview. I mean, for lack of a better way to put it. But you're you're at four wins right there. You're at four wins, potentially a fifth with no, I Missouri. That. That, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, if if so, that's why this last four game set is so important to the direction of where this program goes. This this is huge in terms of recruiting. It's huge in terms of bringing the fan support back because if you go and here's the here's the other thing to think about. Here's the other thing to think about. If you finish this season three and nine, two yeah. and ten, no one's going to be in those stands next year. No, I agree. If you finish this season four and eight or five and or, or, or five and seven. Five and seven you are at least going to get a few more butts in the seat next year. See, I, I, no, I, here's the thing. Again, the fan, the fan base is too far gone at this point. I don't, no, I don't. I don't think so at all. I think if you give this fan base, go ahead, Will. What you got? Wrong. Yeah. What? Was, <laughs> how, but Wrong. but no, no. If you if Jefferson comes out and you run this RPO offense and it's fun, there will be fans in the seat. You will see sixty five thousand people in that stadium next year because they will see Jefferson. And they will say, heck yeah, we finally have the offense that Morris has been promising. It's time to left lane hammer down. Baby. Okay, then let me play devil's advocate. What if he comes out and comes out flat? Then what? And he's there is no improvement. Then what? Again, he's that's the whole point. Then you, but it's so but again, you you're <laughs> you're talking yourself in the same circle. Because here's the <laughs> thing. What I do best. If, the, if this team if this team does lose all four, no matter who you play, if you play Starkle, so my Hicks, brain works. Is I just I go in circles. If you start if you start Starkle, Hicks, Jefferson, who I don't care who you start at quarterback. You can start freaking Cam, Cam Curl at quarterback for all I care. If you win all four That'd games, be fun or, to watch. if you win two of those games, you're creating an excitement within the fan base. Yes, there's still gonna be the the, the segment of the fan base who's gonna complain and say Morris has to go because they only won four games. But it's like we talked pre show before we came on even if he beats mississippi state there there's going to be naysayers going well he was supposed to win that game but no they were not supposed to win that game this team's not supposed to win any game so i don't i mean and i don't care about the naysayers the fact or, is, or mississippi state wasn't that good here, anyway here's the thing the people that morris has to keep happy are named jerry jones and anyone else with money like mr big chicken and hunter Yurichek and anyone else on the board of trustees. Those are the guys that Morris has to keep happy. And in order to keep those guys engaged and to keep their money flowing in, this team has to show some excitement. This team cannot show – this team cannot come – and this is what worries me about this week. And, and I know we're, we're, we're getting close to being needing to finish this thing up, but this is what worries me. I don't put a lot of stock in the depth chart that came out today. I don't either. But the fact that you don't have John Stephen Jones – as at least the or in the second half of that really concerns me because there is no reason that Nick Starkle should be listed in the top two of this depth chart right now. And, and, and I argue, honestly, that there's no reason that Ben Hicks should be in this too deep because Ben Hicks brings you zero value from here on forward because you're not building anything with Ben Hicks for next year. Right. Now, I will. I, I, here's what, here's, I totally just lost my train of thought. Wow, I just went dead. <laughs> Holy but cow. So, oh, no, okay, here we go. Uh, if they play more than, than a series, because that depth chart's only good until after the first play, okay? Then John Stephen Jones can come in or KJ or whatever. If they play more than one series, the next week I will come in and completely say you were right. 
But okay, here's my here's what uh, that Chad Morris where, needs where, to go. So, man, I got so many points I can make right here. <laughs> Just oh my goodness gracious! What okay? The the thing that bugs me the most about that scenario is why? What value does bringing Hicks in? And let's say they decide to do what they did, what they've said the game plan was in the Alabama game which was to get John Stephen Jones in in a package, and they were going to rotate him in Starkle. So let's say they try to do that with Hicks and but did you John Stephen. did you see how John Stephen Jones played? Then they pull him. He got three plays, two first downs. And right. then they yank him and put Starkle back in, and he throws a pick six. Right. You I'm, lead. I get Sorry, that. I'm just. I, so I, I understand why they did it. Does, but that's, again, that's where the coaching is questionable because you, you're looking for a guy with a spark. That's what he wants to say in all the press conferences. And then they – they have a guy that gives you a spark in John Stephen Jones, and you don't stick with him. So that's, that's my why, problem. Yeah. That's why, to me, what value does it bring to put to to run a dual quarterback system between Hicks and and John Stephen or Hicks and KJ? To me, what makes the most sense is put KJ out there. I mean, put put John Stephen out there as your starter, who's at least proven that he can move the football even against Alabama, and and then if and you, score and against Alabama. Hicks is your number. 2B option because you're going to build a package for KJ. That's the because you can't tell me that John Stephen Jones doesn't know this offense. He knows this offense better oh, than probably God, any no. quarterback the up one, there. He's the only one that, that they said in fall ball was the most consistent. Yeah. But why? I mean, I, I don't understand. If you've noticed, and I really wish you could watch the Alabama game simply because I wanted you to look at the way the offense momentum was depending on who was back there. No, I, I, I mean, John Stephen, yeah. John Stephen, he could find the lane and run. No, I get it. Okay, or he—he's—he's he's the only one. Star, he did what Starkle couldn't do. He put seven points on the board. No, I and I on and a legit, and it wasn't against. And and again, I'm gonna say it again. Will, I was wrong. You were right. It was the Alabama first team defense. Yeah. That he put seven points on. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if if John Stephen Jones doesn't see the field, well, John Stephen Jones will see the field. My my concern here, and this is why. You know, you talk about the hit that line, that that article, and all of that. Well, again, the depth chart really doesn't mean anything at this point. But why, in any, if, if you're really going by that, why in the world? I could see Star, like I could see Starkle being a starter, although not now, considering how bad he's played. No. But I mean, because he's a guy that comes back next year, and I know you don't want to just you throw take, Hicks. You take you take the off season and and you you. I'm not really going to say repair to Nick Starkle, but well, I don't even. Who knows what happens with Nick Starkle after this year is over? He may not even come back. I mean, it just depends on how where his mindset is, because I mean, he does have another year, and I guess he could grad transfer again if he wanted to. But that that wouldn't they wouldn't make him sit. No, I don't think so. Because well, I don't I don't know how that I don't works, know but, I don't know how that but works. Regardless whether he's here or not next year, the my point is is that I don't understand I don't understand how you how you have any faith in the fact that you want to start Hicks or Starkle at this point based on what we've seen. Exactly. And, and maybe, maybe okay, maybe I could see Hicks to some extent because it is a little easier matchup and, and Hicks was quote-unquote banged up for the Alabama game and couldn't play or could have played if necessary. I don't know with all the words that Morris used today. But that whole press conference today just – I, I mean, I don't But so, so again – It left me shaking my head. That, that concerns me. In that my head. if they're gonna go, if they're if they're still going into this game and he's still being stubborn and and that Hicks or Stark are the only two guys that he's gonna focus on with packages for John Steven, then I'm I'm highly concerned at where this this game where this season's gonna finish up. Oh yeah, I agree. Oh man, 
Are you done taking me to school? I don't know. I guess. At least until I guess next for week. tonight. I'll leave it alone. Right. Hey, we get to talk about basketball soon. So, excited yeah. about that, dude. I'm excited about basketball. Yeah. So, hey, Thursday we get to break down the Mississippi State Arkansas game. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing a lot of yelling at my TV though. Yeah, because don't the 49ers play that night? They do. Oh, boy. 7-0. 7-0, baby. Shut up, dude. Niner Nation. So, <clears throat> we're going to break down A-State. We're going to break down UCA. Number nine. Um, And I think... Nope, that's next Thursday. Next Thursday, we finally get to break... No. Sorry, I'm, more, I'm all over... I'm a scorer stop, right now. Stop, stop thinking while stop you're thinking. talking. Uh, we get to talk basketball Thursday. Yeah. Because the, uh, the first game is Tuesday. Yes, that is correct, I believe. Yep, that is absolutely correct. Yeah, we're there. I got it right. Yeah. Hey, we're here, baby. Muscle yeah. bus is rolling in. That's right. Uh, well, so. join us Join us on Thursday for our preview show. It'll be up live. and Your recruiting um, show is going to be kicking off soon. Yes, yes. I know we, I say, know that we, we say that every it's, week. It's going to come. Maybe, knows, maybe I'll pop it up tomorrow. You never know. We'll see what happens. Well, there's not much going on right now. I mean, there's a little bit, but I'm also trying to work on my internet at home. I'm having issues with AT&T. Still? So. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so. oh, all right. So if you're at the game on Saturday, give us a shout out on Twitter. I would love to meet up and hang out with you, some of you guys. Um, Katie and I will be there. Um, I hope Katie will be there. Um, if everything goes well. But, gentlemen, once again, it's been a fun week. Will, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Let's go beat a team that I think we have a good chance of beating. Yeah. Contain their run game. Contain I agree. their quarterback. and yeah, Let's go get a freaking win. I heard that. Steve? Hey, I'm, I'm back to being excited. I mean, I say excited. I mean, <laughs> apathy is not set in, but I'm back to being excited about watching a game and hoping for something. I'm hesitant. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. All right, until next week, you've been listening to Inside the Natural State. Woo pig. Woo pig. Remember to join us every week as Zach and Steve bring the best in fan reaction to Arkansas sports. Follow us on social media for the best of fan-driven, unfiltered content.